Psalm chapter 107 today. But the, the big thing that we need to remember is that we have a lot to be thankful for. I was reading a good bit during this last week, the holiday week, the Thanksgiving week, and, and I was reading a lot of things, kind of some, some encouragement to... Um, to pastors, some things that I've been kind of walking through. Um, you all know that we just finished the big conference that we were doing, so I was kind of inundated with all that. You ever feel kind of overwhelmed? Anybody? Uh, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Um, if you haven't, then bless you. Um, but I kind of felt that way. I kind of, you know, that out-of-body kind of like, what's going on here? And all this stuff's going on. And it was a good time of, you ready for this word? Reflection, Okay. It was a good time for reflection for me to see all the things that God's been doing, um, and I hope that you carve out those times where you can reflect on what God is doing. Um, the Lord is doing some amazing things here at Crossroads. Um, I have seen literally um, the dead become alive as far as spiritual growth and spiritual walk goes. I've seen the sick healed. I've seen uh, some amazing things happen in families. In jobs and in lives in general, and God is still up to some great things. Amen? I want to encourage you to be a part of those things. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of look at the faithfulness of God and, we're the, and, and why we should be thankful to the Lord. However, I want, you to, I want to start with this conversation. We've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to, I want to kind of just open the, the, the deal and start the, the conversation with this. So if I go to lunch with Jamie, okay, and we're at lunch together, and we have a great conversation, and at the end of it, the, the waiter walks up and says, uh, would this be separate checks or one check? And Jamie says, I got it, okay? And so we know that's like, wow, thank you, okay, for buying lunch for me today. And you know, it might go something like, I got the next one or whatever, but it never goes like this. Well, I owe you lunch now, you know. I owe you for that. Like, there's never this thing because Jamie has said, I got you. I'm paying for lunch today. For all we know, Jesus could come back tonight, and there may not be a next time, right? But today, I got your meal. You need to remember, Jesus paid it all. The song says, all to him I owe. But in actuality, if we could get beyond owing Christ, because here's the truth of the matter. Jesus, you need to hear this. Because this may be a stickler for somebody. Jesus did not die on the cross for you because he wanted you to owe him. Think, think through that for just a second. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for you so that you could just owe him. 
Because you could die on a cross a thousand times and never pay the price. There was only one perfect, unblemished lamb, and his name is Jesus. And so as we begin today, I want you to think the thought. It's not that I owe him. It's that he is my Lord. He is my King, I want to give everything to him. You know, there's so many facets of this conversation. We've even talked in the Thankful series about how we are the doulos of the Most High God in the word. The doulos word in the Greek in the book of Acts says this. It says we own nothing. It says nothing is ours. It's not about us. It literally means that we are a slave or a bondservant to Christ. You know the interesting word about that? The interesting thing about that? It's that you and I, you ready? We choose to be that way. Right? Like you make a choice to repent, to believe, and to follow. You make a choice to be the slave of Christ, the bondservant of Christ. It's really an awesome deal because there's another side of it that you become a child of the king, a joint heir with Jesus, a part of the family of God, adopted with all rights and privileges of being his child. Amen and amen, right? We could go home right now, right? One thing, there's some folks in here today that you need to get this right in your life today. You've been going to church a long time because you think you owe Jesus. And I wanna tell you that it's not that you owe Jesus, but it's that you get to serve Jesus. You get to be in an incredible loving relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's like he would call you and say, let's go grab coffee today. Every day. So in Psalm 107, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna tell you where we're we're teaching from today. It's one through three and then 31 through 32. We're gonna skip some verses. This is what the scripture says. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands from the east and the west and from the north and the south Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, in the next few minutes, I just pray that you would take this passage of Scripture and teach us what we need to see about you and your character and who you are, and in turn, be thankful that we are yours. And ask some questions about our life. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you this. As a matter of fact, I want to do an experiment. Okay? I want you to close your eyes. 
And I'm going to read this passage again. Close your eyes. Y'all do this with me. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Open your eyes. Did you, like me, just feel like you just heard the lyrics to a Chris Tomlin song? Was it just me? Okay, look, if you know modern worship, a lot of these guys are literally sitting there, just like Ricky has done on the piano with uh, Psalm 23. Um, they're, They're looking at God's word and writing these beautiful songs for us to sing. And the truth of the matter is, we need to give thanks to the Lord because his love endures, how long? Forever. And we don't need to forget that. The first thing we need to see right here is that the Lord is faithful. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Are you glad that God is faithful? Amen. Let me ask it this way. Are you always faithful? Come on now. Nope. Not a one of us. Except that baby right there is always faithful. Always. That's an awesome moment. You know, faithfulness is a big deal, isn't it? Like you want your friends to be faithful. You want your family to be faithful. You even want your employers and employees. You want your people to be faithful in your life, right? You go to the same gas station every day because you want that person to be faithful right there. You know their name. I don't know their name. You know who they are. You might even know their birthday. Faithfulness is important in our culture. It's important to our lives. So many places in Scripture, the promise of God's faithfulness is right there. Have you ex- ever experienced loss? You see your hands. Have you ex- ever experienced hard times? I mean, think about it. Have you ever lost something that was important to you or, or lost a job or lost a family member or just struggled with somebody that you love's decision? Have you ever been in those kind of predicaments? Of course you have. And the one thing that's always faithful is God. Look, let me tell you something. You may question that because you feel lost. You may struggle with the idea, well, I don't know about God being so faithful. You know, let so-and-so pass away. Let so-and-so struggle for so long. I've had a friend that I went to college with. He's a youth minister in Mississippi. And about eight weeks ago, he was helping his mom and dad out. Because why? Because he was a faithful son. Long story short, he was blowing off the roof, and he was on the roof, and he fell off the roof. He's been in ICU since then. Last week, he's been transported, and he's doing a little better, but his life will never be the same. His wife, who had every reason and opportunity to get mad, get angry, get disappointed with Jesus, probably 
has had her moments. But what happened is the church and the people and, and her friends and family and even people like me, years removed but still love them, have come around them with prayer, supplication, meals, all of those things, and loved on their family. And they've been able to keep their eyes on Jesus and see his faithfulness through this all. Let me tell you, hard times are going to come to you. Do you, do you hear me? This is a reason not to give up on Jesus. Jesus literally said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. And see, what we think as Christians is, honestly, honestly, really, 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 let's get real. As Christians, we really don't think we're going to have trouble. Right? Like, God loves us, and so everything's going to be wonderful. That's what the preacher on TV said. And then he said, send me a bunch of money and put your hand on the screen. I'm just saying, I saw it. You know? Y'all, look. If you think for one minute that following Christ is going to be a bed of roses and easy peasy, you are not reading the same Bible that I am. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says things to, to them like, you're not worthy to be my disciple unless you carry your cross daily. Unless you let, they just said it, let the dead bury the dead. And you can get mad at me, but Jesus said these words. The person that you call Savior and Lord. Because he was trying to get us to understand his faithfulness is beyond earthly security. Think about it. His faithfulness is beyond earthly security. His faithfulness is bigger than we can see. His faithfulness is bigger than we can feel. He is the overcomer. And in scripture right here, his faithfulness endures forever. The faithful love that he has for us lasts forever. Secondly, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe. The Lord is the redeemer. Now, we don't use this word too much, but if you've followed the Lord Jesus Christ and you've called upon his name and you've repented of your sin and you follow him, you are redeemed. Let me make that clear. You are redeemed and this is a part that we get to proclaim that Jesus has saved us that Jesus has changed us and we are the redeemed of the Lord. This is true, lasting joy. It is, the, it is the peace and the joy that martyrs will get burned at the stake for because they know that they are the redeemed of the Lord and there's nothing that human can do to us to take that away. They can literally take our life and it is okay. Now, for you and I, it is a tragedy and a tragic event when we hear of brothers and sisters across this globe that die for Jesus in horrendous ways. But if it were you, 
And they were telling you to kneel down, knowing that you were about to lose your life because you weren't going to get back up. Would you be willing to say, I am the redeemed of the Lord, and it's good? It's a tough reality. But there's only one redeemer, and there's only one way, y'all, we talked about at the beginning, and it is to repent, to believe, and follow. Jesus said it himself, are you, he said it himself, to repent, believe, and follow. The question is, are you redeemed of the Lord? Have you been redeemed, or are you just a good churchgoer? You know the old adage of when we get, when we get to heaven and Jesus says, well, why should I let you into heaven? And I'd hate for our response to be, well, I went to church. I'd hate that to be that way. I mean, the response is because you died on the cross for me. <laughs> because I want to follow you, Jesus. Because it's all about you, it's not about me. Have you repented? That's the first step. When I was reading this last week, I heard a sermon and, or a thought about a sermon, a teaching, two pastors teaching, and said this. It said this that every sermon should lead to repentance. And I, you know, maybe a little convicted. Does every sermon that I preach lead to repentance? Because I want to tell you, so you might feel like, well, that's kind of harsh if you just want people to repent all the time. No, 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 no. Repentance is where life begins. And we need to see that. And so if you've been living and you've been walking without repentance, that's where it all starts. The opposite of repentance is pride. Just so you know what it looks like. And you're saying, no, I got this. No, I'm good. In reality, we don't. You let the things of the world come in and take over the things of God. It could even be good things that we have to repent from. Then in verse 3, And he has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. The Lord watches over all. There's nothing that God doesn't see. So if you think that your sin is private, you think that your sin is just between you and you, you are wrong, okay? It is between you and God. He sees everything, period, end of story. Well, why does God allow these things to happen? I believe that God does give us free will. I believe that God gives us choices that we get to make. And I believe that they're, they're, they're all encompassing. And I believe that he allows sin to take its course, because sin, as we know, always leads to destruction. And I want to encourage you today to understand that the Lord watches over everything. Just like a father watches over his family that loves them and takes care for them. Just like a shepherd watches over the sheep and loves them and takes care for them. All those sorts of things. When I was in youth ministry, it was kind of funny. I'd have a student come and tell me something or whatever and I'd go, yeah, I know. And they look at me, and how do you know? And say, I'm the youth guy. We know everything. There's a lot of truth to that, but I don't know if y'all know teenagers. They talk a lot, too. God knows everything. God watches over everything. There is nothing that you're going to see on CNN or Fox 
or anything else that God doesn't know. Okay? And if you think it's bad or terrible, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. God's allowed it, so relax. Okay? Keep your eyes on him. You, you follow? And then we'll be good. The, the Lord loves us so much that he's already gotten all these things taken care of in your life. Have you ever brought a worry or concern to God? You see your hand. Sure. We all have. Do you know God, the scripture tells us, that he is working those things out even before we ask prayers? How about that? There's a wild scripture that says, in advance. Like the quote is, in advance. Like, you're already working out stuff that I can't even see. Pam and I are in this, you know, this uh, stage of life. They call it empty nest. We have had the most interesting conversations over the last six months of our life, okay? We've never talked about this stuff before. But do you know that God already is dealing with the other side of it already? He's already got it. Y'all look, do me a favor. I'm going to change your morning right now. You ready? Take a deep breath right now. Who feels better after that one breath? You know what I mean? I mean, y'all look, sometimes that's what we have to do to understand the Lord is faithful. He's watching over everything. He's got this. Somebody say, God's got this. <laughs> okay, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to believe it. Let's say it and believe it. God's got this. The Lord watches over all. Number four and 31, it says this all the way down. Go down to 31. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and wondrous works for all humanity. We should give thanks to the Lord. So God does all these things. He's working in advance. He's faithful. He's just. He's righteous. He's loving. He's kind. He's all of these things. And we, in turn, respond to that with what? Thanksgiving in our heart. God, we're so thankful for these things. So when you pray... You can pray, you ready? You can pray a half-empty prayer. You know what I mean? God, things are so terrible in my life. Everything's so terrible. Everything's just, God, I just, you just got to come save the day, God. It's just so terrible and all these kinds of things, which there may be those situations where that's the only prayer you have. But how about this? God, I trust you because you're God. I trust you because you're wonderful. I trust you because you're holy. I trust you because in advance. I trust you. We should give thanks to the Lord. And then in verse 32, it says this, let them exalt in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Let the Lord be exalted. The Lord will be exalted. It is going to happen. Every knee will bow I mean, every knee will come down and every head will bow. We will bow before the Lord. It's going to happen. It's just plain and simple. It's what happens. It makes me think of Christmas, honestly. It makes me think of this king that came into the world as a baby. And the shepherds show up and they start bowing down before the baby. 
Then in a couple of years, the, the wise men catch up to the scene and they bow down and bring gifts. Isaiah 9. I should have turned there. Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. So this thankful heart that we have, is it about this wonderful counselor, this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, this Prince of Peace? Or are you just not so sure what to be thankful for? I want to ask you to bow your heads. I want to ask you to think through this for just a minute in your own life. The phrase, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is your life telling others that you're redeemed? Does your family know? Or do they think you're a hypocrite? Does your workplace know? Are you shining the light of Christ? Are you exalting Him in everything you do in your life? Are you showing the thankfulness of God? As we step into this Christmas season, you have such an incredible opportunity. Doors will be open to you unlike any other time of the year to share the name of Jesus. Some of you today, that, that's okay, but some, some of you might not be because you really haven't decided to repent yet. You're still holding on tight. Like you're really tight. Like, nope, I'm not doing it. You know the truth. You sense the Holy Spirit even in this room right now. The invitation is open for you. To repent, to believe, and to follow Jesus. This altar is open. You can come and pray. I'm right here. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you, begin a conversation about your faith. Maybe even to pray with you about Jesus. Whatever it is that you need to do in response to the Lord today. If you're in this room, you've heard the gospel of Jesus. I ask you not to leave until you've followed him. Oh, Heavenly Father, today, we thank you for your faithfulness, your love. We thank you for watching over us. We trust you with everything. Lord, we just... want to follow you with our lives. We thank you for your goodness to us, your kindness, for healing, 
We even thank you today for suffering because that's where we come more like you than any, any other place. Lord, we just love you. We pray this in Jesus' name.